All right, welcome to the conversation. We've got a great guest for you guys today. Uh, David Feldman's a comedian, he's been on before. Uh, and uh, he has some interesting things to say about other so-called left-wing talk show hosts. I wanna talk about that in a little bit. Uh, he's got a, a couple of projects that are freaking hilarious. You're gonna absolutely love. Uh, and, and his resume is just filled with lies. So I wanna talk about that too. Uh, David, uh, there's no way you won three primetime Emmys for comedy writing, four writer guilds awards and a cable ace award. Uh, so you, you made that up obviously, right? The Cable Ace Award is true. I'm very proud. No, I lied about the Cable Ace Award. Everything else is everything else is true. Okay, uh, did you, by the way, I was kidding around about lying at all. But did you make up the Cable Ace Award? No, I, it's in fact, I, I didn't want. I didn't think you were going to ask me about that. It's kind of embarrassing to put awards out. The only thing I put out is the Cable Ace Award in my living room, and that that I feel is. Uh, Appropriate, but the other stuff my mother has. Okay, so. it's funny because you kind of hide it because we've talked a bunch of times and I've never seen that. And so that you're so good at marketing, you see, that's a joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, all these things I knew, I'd never seen. I don't know why I got this version of it where it actually reveals your actual record. I worked with Steve Martin, Martin Short, Robin Williams, Nathan Lane, Robert Smigel, Bette Midler. Uh, is it true you have six kids? Is that all, or is that made up? That's true. Okay, I went to Columbia. That is actually true. Went to Columbia. These are, there's no yeah. way none of, none of this is true. But, but all those things that you're mentioning, nobody's happy for you. When when you tell people that as a comedian, they they say, "How should I introduce you?" and just say, "He's from New York," because if you're funny, you're funny, no matter what, how much you pad your resume. The audience is either going to think you're funny or not. There's no, there's no way you can say to an audience, "You should laugh at that joke." I know Bette Midler personally. I mean, it's just not. <laughs> so, so, oh, it's know, not. He has Bette Midler's home phone number. He must be funny. No, they <laughs> want to laugh. So, uh, uh, threatening the audience is usually not the best way to go. I agree with that, and right. I like the way you're thinking. Lower the bar. Lower the bar. Yes. I come yes. in with all these Emmys and Writers Guild and all that stuff. They're expecting me to be funny. Let's go ahead and lower it. Um, yes. Uh, smart as always, David. Uh, so, uh, speaking of funny, though, I want to go to this project you're working on. It's called Let's Be Real, and I want <laughs> you to t t let, I want you to tell me like the backstory to it and how it can get picked up and stuff. But uh, but I want people to watch it first. So here's a short well, clip. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, yeah. let's watch. Thank you all for being here. I know we're all tired and anxious, but now is the most important time for all of us to put in the hard work of bending the curve. I know a lot of you think the worst is behind us. I know summer is approaching. You all wanna go out, dress in light clothing, show some skin, but I cannot stress enough how that behavior will increase the number of New Yorkers who will be sexually harassed by me. Let's look at this first slide, please. All right, as you can see, since I was first accused of inappropriate behavior back in late February, there was at first a spike in accusations. And I think all of us worried that there was no end in sight. Next slide. But we were lucky enough to see an inevitable decline as more women became aware of the situation and kept a safe distance from me. Next slide. 
Okay, now it gets scary. We now see a new and yes, more frightening variant. This variant was not seen in the past, but as my sexual harassment continued unchecked, I became bored. And so I introduced some new moves into my repertoire, which now includes sneaking up behind a woman whom I'm meeting for the first time and whispering caramilla into her ear close enough that her ear feels moist. I've now watched that three times and it does not get old at all. It is hilarious. <laughs> That's interesting that you mentioned about it getting old because so the show is called Let's Be Real. I'm a writer on it. It's Robert Smigel's project for Fox. You can watch it on Hulu and write to Fox and tell them to pick the show up because I want to have a seventh child. The <laughs> But I'm watching that and I'm realizing what how full of crap I am because I know Lindsay Boylan. She was on my podcast, I'm rooting for her. I think it's a great thing that she took Andrew Cuomo down. And I wrote this with Dave Cyrus and Robert Smigel. And I called them with this idea right when the allegations broke, which I think were in March. And there was no chance he was still gonna be governor. I said, we, you know, this is never going to happen. You know, it's a funny idea. And Robert Smigel said, "Well, we'll build the Cuomo puppet. We'll see. We'll see." So I hate Andrew Cuomo. I hate Chris Cuomo. I even hate Matilda Cuomo, their mother. I hate the mother most of all because she gave birth to Chris and Andrew and slept with Mario, who's another story that I don't want to get into. So I'm rooting for Andrew Cuomo. To have to step down, but I love this idea. So secretly, I was rooting. Come on, hang in there. Pull a Bill Clinton, Andrew. You can do it. Just to listen till our series goes on Fox, and he hung in there for us. Well, he really uh, he delivered for you, he, and and only you really. Just just you guys. Everybody else got screwed. <laughs> I realized I'm completely full of it. I have no moral compass. I just. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I voted for Lindsey Boy. I voted for Lindsey. She ran for Manhattan Borough President, and she brought Cuomo down. I did vote for her, yeah. but I, I did want Cuomo to last just long enough for our sketch to. Well, it worked. Relevant. It worked. You 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 hit it. Uh, so yeah, everybody watch it. So Fox picks it up, and uh, and and David's uh, comedy genius can get uh, to a broader and broader <laughs> audience. Uh, no, that the the variant was so every part of it was hilarious. All right, uh, like well, Robert Smigel and Dave Cyrus, are wrote that with me. Yeah, so. of course. Um, but but you you pitched it to them. That was your idea originally. Yeah, I didn't think I and I did it as an afterthought because I never thought Cuomo would last this long. He, yeah. Isn't he still governor? He hasn't. Oh yeah, technically he's still he's still on the watch. That's right. He's, he's still burning evidence in the governor's mansion. Yeah, I think he's got a week left to shred everything, and <laughs> that's probably what he's up to now. Um, so I, I'm going to show another random thing. Apparently, your friend Liam paid Rudy Giuliani to do this cameo, but yes. Now the whole thing is hilarious. We're going to show a small part of it, but what I loved about it, David, was how subtle it was. And then it, <laughs> it gets to the part where he's got to say the awkward thing. I love it. So let's watch that. Well, my friend, yeah, my okay. Let's watch it and then you tell us the backstory. Yeah. Hello, Caleb. It's Rudy Giuliani. Your friend Liam asked me uh, to give you a call. And um, he told me a few things about you. 
He told me that your priorities are, number one, America, the greatest country on earth. We share that intensely. Number two, your pickup truck, Missy. It must be a heck of a pickup truck. And beer battered shrimp. Well, that seems like a good set of priorities, and you seem like you're a really regular guy. The kind of guy I'd like to get to know. Now, sounds like you had a tough year last year. We all did. We all, we certainly all share in common, those of us, I think, who look at the country the way we do, a great loss in, in the loss of the presidency uh, in an election in which I, I don't think we've yet heard the final story on exactly what happened. Uh, but we will. Don't, don't have faith. It's all going to come out. The truth always does. And, uh, and you had a personal uh, uh, issue with your wife leaving you for your, for your business partner. So what do we got to do? <laughs> you, <left out. laughs> you, you even get to the part where he starts talking about 9-11. Oh, I know, that's true. He yeah, brings had, up 9-11. Yeah, he's like, well, it's a tough, tough break for you. I had a tough break, it was 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I want to feel sorry for him, but it, he is contemptible. He's just a horrible human being and he deserves all the pain and suffering he's receiving them. Yeah, well, I mean, look, there's I think there's more comedy gold in Rudy yet to come. Because right now he's reeling and is apparently running out of money. And Trump's like, who's Rudy? He could use some comedy gold, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's he could use any kind of gold. And of course, as as always, Trump's like, Rudy, never heard of him. No, I'm not gonna give you any money. I got, I robbed my own voters of about $150 million. I pretended it was for my legal defense. I spent none of it on legal defense. You think I'm going to give you a nickel? No, I'm not going to give you anything. <laughs> well, that's hey, you get in bed with Donald Trump. That's what you get. So should have known better. Now, but but tell me the backstory to that. So you just randomly messing with Rudy and telling and trying to get him to say that. Well, it's a tough break. Well, my friend Liam, uh-huh. my friend Liam had 350 bucks. That he was willing to blow. I think there's something a little immoral about giving $350 to Rudy, but it was such a goof. And he just fed him lies about his fictitious friend and told him he's feeling really bad because his business partner is sleeping with his wife. And Rudy just recalled it, uh, recorded it. We, I can't play it for you, but on my podcast, Smigel redubbed, Robert Smigel redubbed Rudy's voice. And it's, uh, much more disgusting. Oh and yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Well, we probably couldn't <laughs> play it on there anyway. But that's a good reason to go to your podcast. Where can people find your podcast, David? I, you know, YouTube. Uh, it's right. not for the faint of heart. So. <laughs> I suspect not. Uh, this is as clean as David gets. Um, so, uh, and these cameos, man, they're just. I mean, how desperate are they that they're out there and being like, "Oh man, I'm sorry to how your wife took it," and you know, <laughs> like, but you just—they'll do anything for money. But ironically, Liam gave Rudy more money than Trump did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> On to a different topic. Um, so. I've been on with you a couple of times, and you're hilariously dry about how skeptical you are about everything, and how and you will say bitter about things, right? And so, as the whole nonsense soap opera was happening from from Jimmy Dore, 
this is a really interesting confession. I thought about you in particular. And I thought, I wonder which way David's gonna go, okay? And I'm sorry to have ever doubted you for a second, right? But like, since you do that bitter thing, right? I was like, ah, this is like bitter on steroids, nuclear radioactive version of that, right? And then right. I saw you on the majority report, and I was like, David Feldman, okay? <laughs> so, but start fresh. Where did you first see it? What did you think of it, etc.? Well, you know, uh, I'm for Medicare for all. I'm a Bernie supporter. I think that we have a lot of work to do because the house is on fire. And we need to get going here. We, we need to hold the Democratic Party accountable. The house is on fire. Uh, evictions, people are dying in the streets because they can't afford to pay the rent and they can't afford to uh, get insulin shots. It's this is a disgrace. We are a disgraceful nation. The house is on fire. Now, if your house is on fire, you have two choices. You can put the fire out or hire a wrecking ball and just crush the entire house. That's what an accelerationist believes. You just you just destroy the entire house and hope that the warlords who rebuild it will not rape your wife and daughter. I happen not to be an accelerationist. I don't believe in a wrecking ball. I believe you put the fire out. And that's my take on this silly argument that's going on on what should be our side. There's just so much pain going on right now. Why inflict more on our allies? I mean, you, you know, you're my ally. Jimmy, I like to think Jimmy is politically my ally, why these purity tests? I mean, if you're spraying water on a fire, yeah, it might have too much chlorine in it and maybe fluoridated. Maybe Jimmy doesn't like fluoride in the water. I don't know where he's gone on that recently, but you can put a fire out with fluoride in the water. You don't need these purity tests. And I don't understand who that helps. So well, that's my I, take on it. Yeah, well, I, I know who it helps. Of course, it, it he's trying to help his own show. And so, uh, look, it's not to sit, I don't want people to get a misimpression. And I don't want to get too deep back into the, all the issues. But like, it should, is it right to put pressure on politicians? Of course it is, right? And is it right to put pressure on them in a situation where we can actually win on a piece of legislation and their votes are critical? Well, of course, right? So you would hope the thinking people would say, well, doesn't it depend on the context? Doesn't it depend on whether we can win or can't win? Whether we have a good alternative or we don't have a good alternative. So $15 minimum wage, we really could have held up that bill, the COVID relief bill. It was a must pass bill. They did have leverage there and there a nudge could have been helpful and I hope it was, right? But if you say, okay, we're gonna do it on the Pelosi vote. Well, that's not a bill anyway, that doesn't affect anybody's life actually. And okay, who we're gonna replace Pelosi with? Well, I don't know, wait a minute, this is not a plan, right? And we're gonna right. force a vote on the hardest thing we're trying to get to. You wanna do the easiest one and build up leverage and then build up more leverage and more power. So like when Cori Bush does the thing she did on the eviction moratorium, now she's gained a ton of leverage. So of course- But Cor apparently that's not good enough. 
Right, and then they went and, and harassed her on the steps as she's, she's trying to do good. I mean, David, it, that was a perfect example of exactly what you're talking about. Cori Bush is out there sleeping four nights in a row in, on the Capitol Hill steps to make sure that people uh, get to stay in their homes. And these guys bring a wrecking ball to a fire she's trying to put out. I mean, how infuriating was that to see? Well, I, I do think we need people like Jimmy. I think you need people on the left. I assume he's still on the left. You need people who are holding everybody's feet to the fire. But at some point, you don't turn on your friends who want the same things that you do and spend time trying to destroy your allies as opposed to keeping your eye on the the real enemies out there. Personally, I get much joy from you and Jimmy and Anna and Ryan Grimm having problems with Jimmy because Jimmy turned on me. I I happen to love Jimmy. I think he's very talented and I think we need people like Jimmy. But Jimmy turned on me for no reason and it really upset me and I could we were working at the same public radio station and uh, I thought he was almost my best friend. I used to go over to his house and watch boxing with him and I love Steph. And then one day he blocked me on Twitter. He wouldn't talk to me. He called me his enemy and it really it really hurt. Like I said, what did I do to you? And I kept calling him, wouldn't return my calls and was you know, trashing me to other comedians. And, I, and it really, it hurt, it really hurt. And he never explained to me why he wishes me dead, which he does. Jimmy Dore tells people he wishes me dead and he won't tell me why. And it hurts, it really hurt my feelings. So when he turned on you and Anna, and everybody else, I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> doesn't hurt so much anymore. Because he was a close, he was, at one time, he was my best friend. We were at the same radio station. I wouldn't be doing a podcast if it weren't for Jimmy. This goes back 10 years. And then not just radio silence, but wishes me dead. And I'm thinking, I was, I loved this guy. We used to Thanksgiving. So I think uh, I miss him. I love Stephanie, I really do love Stephanie. I don't understand the compulsion. Uh, I don't have enemies, I'm <laughs> not important enough. So I'm very glad I, I have some schadenfreude, Jenk, and seeing you and Anna and other people having problems with Jimmy. <laughs> it, it, it makes me feel like, okay, I didn't do anything. So no, like this is what I love about David. Like. The almost weird honesty, like awkward honesty, right? Like, like nobody else ever says, "I'm glad you went through pain too," <laughs> because he really he hurt me. It, he, he was my friend. It, I wasn't in business with him. We were at the same radio station, a public radio station. That there's no money involved in public radio. And we used to do each other's podcasts. This wasn't about money, this was camaraderie, two comics in the trenches together. He was like a brother to me and then suddenly he wishes me dead for reasons he never explained. And it really hurt, It you know, it really, because I love Stephanie, I still do. And I kind of still love Jimmy and I kind of still think, 
I do. I know we need people like Jimmy. I don't understand why he turns on people who want. But I don't understand why he turned on me. That he won't explain. Yeah. But I don't understand why you turn on people who want what you want but disagree with how to read the map to get there. And you know, this is even Bernie. You know, Bernie is a grumpy guy, but Bernie works with people. Bernie can work with people, oh, build coalitions. Yeah, I, so, arguably almost too much. Uh, yeah, in in working with people, but. Yeah. You know, it, we're almost out of time, but David, it's it's really interesting all the things that you say because, look, of course, I had a great relationship with Jimmy. God, he like just, not just on TYT, but on old school, etc. We, we went on double dates and stuff, and and so did that aspect of it hurt? Of course, you lose a friend, and and then not only do you lose a friend, but they turn on you in such a weird rage, uh, and and it. Like you, it inexplicable. It's accusing us of taking money from NATO and Nancy Pelosi. I mean, that's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, and he knows it. So, uh, but I'm not as good a person as you. So, no, <laughs> I'm I'm done with them. No, completely, well, utterly, I, I utterly done. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, there's something sad about this all because uh, there are. I'm not talking about Jimmy. There are some people who practice what is called creative destruction. They're not creating unless they're destroying something. There's something so close to creativity and destruction. And comics suffer from that. So I fear that he views destroying people uh, who don't deserve to be destroyed. He's not destroying anybody. Uh, he's hurting himself in the long run. But uh, yeah, creativity and destruction are intertwined. But you shouldn't try to do that to people who are on your side, who have helped you, or are your friends. And uh, yeah. I, w- I wish him well. I do. I, yeah. I, I wish him well. I hope he gets better. I do, I do hope he gets better. Yeah. And and so look, we are out of time. But David. Uh, Again, you're actually being super magnanimous, and I did not know that he had burned you like that. I had no idea until we just started talking. I just had heard you on Majority Report doing a couple of jokes about it and stuff, but but not about your conflict. And so I would still be. Let me just. I would still be his friend. I would. I I, would. I, no, I, I think he. I know is. he hasn't. I know what he's done. I, that's. Uh, we. I would. Uh, I was just his friend. I he never tried to destroy my. Never went after me professionally. Uh, there wasn't that much to go after. So, but uh, we do need people who throw temper tantrums. They're necessary. Uh, it's an important part of politics. Uh, but you have to build coalitions and be loyal to the people. Who helped you? As long as they're not, as long as they're on your side, yeah, you're not helping the cause. You're just helping yourself. Yeah, look, if you ask me to psychoanalyze him, he's got obvious rage issues that stem from a long time ago, and 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 on top of that, and the reason why, okay, rage issues, you can work on that, and that's why I keep saying you're a better man than I am, David, because you can see how you could work through that and maybe get better, etc. But he's incredibly selfish. Like me, 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 me. I mean, 
I know you, David, and the you know Jimmy kept saying that he Bernie wouldn't come on his show, and he was so mad about that. And then he Tulsi would come on his show, and then all of a sudden he's supporting Tulsi instead of Bernie. She turns on Medicare for all. He sticks with her. Like I know you, there's no way in the world you were going to turn on Bernie Sanders because he wouldn't come on your podcast. I'd have no respect for Bernie if he came on my show. You have better <laughs> things to do, Bernie, than come on my show. Seriously, I don't want Bernie. I really don't want Bernie on my show because he's not going to. No politician, no name brand is going to give me an honest answer. They don't belong on on. If you're running for president, you don't belong on a comedian show. Okay, well, there you have it. All right, guys, as you can tell, raw, amazing honesty and humor from David Feldman. So make sure you check out his podcast. Make sure you check out um, uh, Let's Be Real uh, on Hulu. It's on Hulu now, and yeah. we, I would love that show to get picked up because I had such a good time working for Robert Smigel. Triumph, he's Triumph the Ansel Comic Dog, by the yes, way. Of course. So, All right, uh, David, you're awesome, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.